Let's pray. Our God and our Father, we come to you in this moment, uh, setting aside everything else, every weight, every sin, every uh, distracting issue, because we want to hear from you in these next few moments. Lord, I pray that as uh, I share what I believe to be your heart through my heart and through my personality with your people, I pray that they would hear your voice. I pray that they would uh, be impacted and confronted with your truth uh, and that you might lead and guide them as you see fit. So Lord, for these next few moments, I'm available to you now to stand in my body and think with my mind and speak with my tongue. Cause us to hear truth that will transform us into the very image of Jesus Christ and do it all so that you get the glory in Jesus name. Amen. Well, listen, I've uh, been launching into this idea of preparing the preparatory steps for when we get to that point of getting back to corporate worship. Now, if you're an online worshiper, hey, praise God for you. You ain't missing nothing. Uh, but uh, even as we are working toward being able to find a place where we can come back and do corporate worship locally, um, there are several different preparatory steps that we need to take. And so this month, one of the big ones that I'm going to be focusing on is uh, what's going on currently uh, all around us, not only in our country, but specifically even in our state and even in our city here in Miami. Uh, and that is the, this issue of the, the Delta uh, variant of the COVID-19 uh, disease virus that's that's been uh, running rampant at this point. Uh, it's it's more transmissible. It's It's more virulent. It'll do more things to you. Uh, and our state is only about 42, 43% have been vaccinated. Uh, and especially amongst African-Americans, that number is even lower. Uh, and so, listen, I'm, I'm, um, I, I'm focusing on and I want to make an appeal for you to prayerfully consider getting vaccinated if you have not. Even if you had the disease previously and you recovered, uh, it's still better for you. <laughs> Uh, to, to be vaccinated. Well, Pastor, why, why would you even make that? That's an issue. That's an issue of my faith with God. I get that. I get that. Um, but as we move into uh, what we normally do on the first Sunday, I want you to look at and I want you to consider what Jesus said, what scripture says about what Jesus said uh, as he brought his disciples in that upper room a little bit closer to his mission, a little bit closer to what he wanted to be about and what he instituted in this new covenant that we now know as Christianity, but it was simply a new covenant of God's kingdom working with his people who would operate and walk by faith with him. And I want you to kind of see something in Matthew 26. Matthew 26, uh, beginning at verse 26, I'm reading from the New King James translation, and then we'll flip over to 1 Corinthians 11 verses 23 through 26. Uh, I want you to see that as, as we look at what Jesus says, I want to give you a different perspective on how to see what Jesus did when he instituted what we know as communion or the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion, however, however you term it. Look what Jesus says uh, as Matthew records it in Matthew 26, verse 26. He says, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread, he blessed it, and he broke it and he gave it to them and said, take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them and said, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink 
of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. You may not see it yet. It's okay. Go to 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26, again from the New King James translation. Watch what it says. Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this, he says, in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Now check this out. There's this branch, there's this, this aspect, this facet. Uh, of uh, Christian theology that is known as sacramental theology. Sacramental theology. It's, it deals with the rituals and the practices of our faith as believers that seek to deepen our experience of the grace of God and through the, the, the ritual, through the, the reacting, through the going back through those rituals, that it would then impact and change our conduct as we celebrate our faith and celebrate the God of our faith. Uh, the, these rituals, the sacramental theology includes, you know, broad things as well as very specific things. It could be uh, corporate worship, uh, the preaching of the word, uh, baptism, communion. All of these are considered sacramental aspects. The, the word sacramental comes from the Latin word that deals with holy, holy things, sanctified things. Uh, one one uh, scholar has said that sacraments are, are in six categories. He says they are word events, capital W, word, the Bible events. They are symbolic realities. They are experiences of life as we know it through the triune God and the, the multifaceted um, layers of community uh, of faith. He says it's ecclesial, ecclesial solidarity, big old word, which means church unity. Uh, and eschatological or in or how this ends realities that we practice in the now. Uh, that's Kevin Irwin, uh, the, the scholar who said that. He, he lists those six kinds of sacramental things. Uh, but I want you to notice that as you go back through, especially what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Uh, the, the, when we practice the sacraments, we're remembering what Jesus did for us. We're remembering uh, what he paid in his body being broken in pieces for us. We, we remember that. Uh, many of us take uh, the, the time, especially of communion, as a time of repentance and reconnection with God. Uh, that we, we try to confess our sins and we try to make things right so that we are in right standing with him. Uh, as we reconnect with this covenant that we have. But one of the things that is often missing uh, in sacramental theology and thinking through why we do what we do on first Sundays or whenever whenever you practice communion, the, the issue is, uh, notice that Jesus said, as often as you do this. Uh, Paul says that when you do, every time you do this, you proclaim, you, you, you re-evaluate, you represent the Lord's death till he comes. 
uh, Jesus says, I want you to keep doing this, uh, but I'm not going to drink of this wine with you again until I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. The issue is that that part of what sacram- the sacraments are about, part of what communion is about, is a rehearsal. It's, it's going back through the practices, the, 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 the steps of those things that we do that connect us with our faith. And we rehearse what Jesus did and we keep rehearsing it until we get to the time where we will celebrate it for real in God's presence in God's eternal kingdom. Right? It's this idea of, of we're rehearsing something, we're redoing, we are re-implementing, we are re- going back through the steps of ritual of what Jesus asked us to do so that it will help with our remembrance and our repentance and our reconnection. Look, look, notice what Jesus says in Matthew 26. He says, it says that Jesus took bread, he blessed it, he broke it, he gave it to the disciples, and he said, I want you to take eat, eat all of it. This is my body. As he presents them with the bread, as he presents them with the unleavened bread that was there at the Passover table, he says, take and eat it. This is my body that you are taking in to yourself. It's it's almost as if it's a, it's symbolism that Jesus, we need to take Jesus into every area, every aspect, every facet of our lives. That, that there ought not be any area of our lives that's unaffected by the person and the presence and the power of Jesus' death and resurrection. It's, it's his life that we take into our lives. He, he says, when uh, this is my body and I want you to take it into you, into every part of you, so that, it, that the, when I'm in you, it's my life in you that helps you to live the life that you live out. Does that make sense? Did I say that too fast? Uh, watch this. It's, it's this idea that Jesus is involved in every aspect of us because we have taken him into every part of us uh, so that who he is impacts how we act in everything. Uh, one of the things that I've kind of noticed and I've kind of heard, maybe this isn't what you've said, but maybe this is what people around you have said, that, you know, they're, they're trusting God to protect them from this virus. Okay, I, I get that. But if you have taken Jesus into every part of you, you then can't make that statement that you're trusting God to protect you. But then tell me, well, we don't know what this vaccine can do. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not ready to take the vaccine because I don't know the long-term effects. I thought you said that you took Jesus into your life and you're operating in faith to trust him to protect you from the vaccine. And if you're operating in faith, then you can't be afraid of a vaccine that he has provided. Uh Oh, that messed to somebody right there. Jesus said, I want you to take me into all of you so that it impacts every aspect of you and you, that you don't live the, these, these, um, unexamined and yet uh, diametrically opposed aspects and then try to call them faith because I'm in every part of you. Uh, Somebody wasn't ready to receive that. I get that. Pastor, you need to stay out of my business. Okay, well, let's move on then. Matthew 26, verse 27. The Bible says that Jesus took the cup. He gave thanks over it and he gave it to them and he said, drink 
from it, all of you, he says, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. See, the problem with sin is that sin infects and corrupts who and whatever it comes into contact with. When sin gets involved in a relationship, the relationship is, is going to be corrupted. When, when sin enters into the family relationship, uh, it, it's, it's going to eventually infect and corrupt every aspect of that relationship. And the problem with sin is, if you look at Romans 6.23, sin eventually kills everything that it touches. It doesn't just damage it. It kills everything that it touches. And Jesus said that I'm shedding my blood, watch this, for the remission of sins. Matthew in the, in the New King James translation is very, he uses a unique term, the remission of sins. This word in the Greek is the act of freeing or liberating from something that, that is confining. Uh, it's the act of freeing from an obligation or a guilt or a punishment. Uh, one, of the, one of the nuances that the word can mean is this idea of cancellation. That Jesus said, I've, my, my blood is being shed for the cancellation of the effect of sin. See, this word remission is interesting because in English we use the word remission as a medical term. When a sickness or a disease is confronted with some kind of medical intervention that causes the disease to stop growing or to stop manifesting or to go into some kind of uh, stasis, we say that that disease has gone into remission. Jesus said, I'm, I want you to drink this cup. This cup this represents my blood of the new covenant, and I'm shedding my blood for many for the remission of sins. Can I suggest to us that Jesus' death on the cross was a vaccine against the deadly virus of sin? If you claim Jesus' blood that makes you a believer you are saying that I have claimed this vaccine of the power of Jesus to stand against the power of sin that was corrupting me, was infecting me, and was eventually going to kill me. That Jesus' blood is now shed. I have taken his blood into me, and I have been vaccinated against the power and the presence, and one day even the penalty and the presence of sin. See... Getting vaccinated is actually kind of a sacramental rehearsal of the injection of Jesus's life into the life of the believer that has caused the power of sin to go into remission in our lives. That when we celebrate communion, we're actually rehearsing being vaccinated. So if I were to go and be vaccinated against COVID, I am rehearsing my faith just like I do every first Sunday. I know I'm messing with somebody. But I just want you to consider what Jesus has said, what he has done, and I want you to consider that maybe what you think about being vaccinated, you're looking at it from a worldly perspective and not a kingdom perspective. Maybe you ought to rehearse and to remember and to reconnect with God in the same way that you do with communion, maybe you could even worship God through being vaccinated. I'm just saying to consider. 
Now the Bible says that on that night that Jesus was betrayed, he asked his disciples to meet him in the upper room. And there the Bible says he took bread, he blessed it. He broke it before he gave it to them. He said, this is my body. I want you to take it into you. I want you to eat it. Let me become a part of you. And as you gather with your family, if you gather there in your apartment, in your house, as you take that bread, I'm going to ask that you would take a moment and get yourself right with God. Remember what he did. Repent of sin to reconnect. Be prepared to rehearse taking Jesus into all of you. Father, I pray now that you would bless these elements there. Just symbols. They're simple symbols that remind us of how you stood against sin in our lives to give us our lives back. I pray that you would bless these elements they stand for the body of Jesus broken, bruised, and beaten for us as it stands as a symbol of the blood of Jesus shed for the remission of sin in our lives consecrate them now that they might be useful tools to connect us to experience your grace today in Jesus name Amen Jesus said take it this is my body, broken for you. Let's eat together. The Bible says in the same manner Jesus took the cup. He blessed it too. It was a part of the Passover ceremony. He blessed it. Uh, one writer even says that he took a sip out of it before he passed it to them. He said, this symbolizes my blood. I'm going to start a new covenant with humanity. It, and it's going to be signed, sealed, and delivered by my blood. And when you take my blood into you, you'll be vaccinated against the power of sin in your lives. That's why the gospel singer said, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let's rehearse being vaccinated for the remission of sins. Let's drink together. Paul says, when we come together in one accord and we do this, the power of God is present to reverse the curse of sin and even sickness and disease. And so as a symbol of our togetherness and our unity, our ecclesial solidarity, point your hand toward the screen. And I decree and declare by the power of Jesus, by his shed blood for the remission of sins, by the stripes laid on Jesus, I declare that we are healed, we are whole, we are protected, we're vaccinated against sin and against diseases. We believe now for the power of Jesus to stand in our stead and for our stead, that we walk in, in wholeness and healing. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody ought to give God praise right up down through there and then go make your appointment to be vaccinated.